up, beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is This Is Pro Wrestling. And welcome to The Fast Count for Monday Night Raw, January 18th, 2021. Now, for those unfamiliar with what The Fast Count is, it's formerly just a podcast, now also a blog, where I break down all that you need to know about the wrestling shows you may not have been able to check out. Look, we're all busy. There's a lot of wrestling. Sometimes you don't have time to watch it all, but you'd love to be able to stay up to date and end the conversation. And that is what I'm here to help with. I'll let you know what the most crucial moments from each show are. And if there's a match, moment, or angle you should go out of your way to see, I'll tell you about it right here. Of course, I won't always give this long introduction either, as it kind of defeats the point, but for a little while, I just wanted to catch people up with what I'm trying to do. But enough about that. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw from January 18th, 2021. Now, for context, as always, I'll be using Hulu as a reference for Monday Night Raw, as the WWE condenses that show down to one and a half hours as opposed to three, which seems to really let you know what segments they deemed the most important for viewers. Trust me, I've been watching Raw this way for a few years now, and I don't think I've ever felt like I've missed anything. So we open up with a tribute video to Martin Luther King Jr. As always, um, on Monday's MLK Day, it's uh, good to see WWE taking a moment to recognize that. A vignette that lasts several minutes comes on, showing Randy Orton in the dark with a mask that very much resembles that of Dick Byers the Destroyer. He talked a lot about how he'd spared Alexa Bliss when he had the chance to set her on fire, gee thanks, and for his compassion, this is how he was repaid. When he closes his eyes, all he could see is that fireball she threw coming towards his face. Now he wears this mask to protect himself, but also others from having to see the damage done to him. For those wondering, no major makeup was used here except bits on his nose that seemed to show some damage. Otherwise, no other injuries are very visible. He does mention that he has first degree burns, which presumably they'll be able to say healed over time if they want to bring him back later with no trace of the attack or something. He says though that he doesn't actually blame Alexa. He blames the fiend. He implies that Alexa is basically just a pawn in this whole scheme by The Fiend to keep him from winning the 2021 Royal Rumble. He says he knows that everybody was excited to see the fireball because it meant that the greatest threat in the Rumble would be eliminated. But you could cut off all of his limbs and he'd still enter. It's a bit graphic and a bit of a leap to assume that The Fiend just cares about the Rumble and not, I don't know, Randy burning him alive. But anyway, here we are. He says everyone can thank The Fiend when he burns their aspirations at the Royal Rumble to the ground. He then lights a match and lets it burn for a bit before blowing it out. Now, Randy Orton can speak menacingly, no doubt about it. This felt a little long, but I think it got the point across. I'm interested to see if we get a masked Randy Orton in the Royal Rumble. That'll be kind of neat. And uh, also how long he wears it for. At this point, I'm just happy with any evolution in Randy Orton's character. It's been a while. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see if we get the return of The Fiend, who I feel like might show up in the Royal Rumble and cost Randy Orton the opportunity at WrestleMania, or to make it to WrestleMania. In the back, Charlie Caruso approaches Ric Flair and Lacey Evans, who are arm-in-arm -arm walking together. She asked them about last week and what's going on between them. Lacey asked if she worked for TMZ, and basically proceeded to explain uh, how this is beneath her, but since she asked, she's with Rick because he's a legend, and last week he proved why he's the dirtiest player in the game. There were a couple of moments where Flair seemed like he was going to say something, but Lacey always seemed to cut him off, but all while fluffing his ego. 
She says that their relationship is that she's learning from the greatest wrestler ever. That's all. As they walk away, Lacey says she and Rick are going to go and watch her partner Peyton Royce, quote, knock that nasty queen off her throne. So with this, it looks like there's a couple of places to go with this angle. Lacey could just be using Ric Flair and eventually he'll get wise to it and get sick of it and go back to Charlotte or something. I think a better approach here is that Rick is also using her. Maybe this is how he teaches his daughter to take that extra step into becoming the new dirtiest player in the game. So though, let Ric Flair speak. What's the point of having Ric Flair on your show if you don't get promos out of him? That's irritating. Next up, Charlotte Flair takes on Peyton Royce and defeats her at about 12 minutes. The match is what it is, but the major point of this is that halfway through Ric Flair's music hits and he comes out with Lacey Evans wearing one of his robes. This distracts Charlotte momentarily, but not enough for Peyton to capitalize for the win. Charlotte ends up catching Peyton in the figure eight and getting the submission victory. However, she does keep the hold applied for well after the tap and the ref doesn't really do that much about it. He just says, oh, you should let her go. It's just interesting because in some cases they would uh, try to count and she doesn't let it go and then they would disqualify her, but whatever. Anyway, she stands up, she yells for Rick and Lacey to get their asses in the ring. They don't, if you're wondering. But what it does seem to imply is that I may be right. Maybe this is just about Ric Flair stepping her game up. Backstage, the Hurt Business are talking to Matt Riddle. Normal stuff here. They're basically picking on Matt because he's dressed down and he acts high all the time. You know, the same old, same old. Riddle's being overly friendly and obnoxious, as he always is. Lashley lets the other guys go, but he stays behind with Riddle to say that he's always liked flip-flops, but he's heard they're bad for your feet. Riddle says, that isn't true, and then Lashley stops hard on his foot, and Riddle yells as he falls over, and he says, you'll have to see that foot again up your ass, which seems impossible for multiple reasons. Side note, nobody told the cameraman here about this scene, I guess, because when Lashley went for the stomp, the shot panned all the way back, and Lashley's foot was very clearly not even touching Riddle's. I'm not trying to be nitpicky, but I wanted the foot stomp of Doom to at least seem legit. We got an Alexa's Playground segment with Asuka. Long story short, Asuka was happy, Alexa was weird, she was talking to invisible people in the swing next to her and on a rocking horse, maybe the Invisible Fiend, nobody really knows. The rocking horse started moving on its own, Asuka was just kind of weirded out, and uh, I mean, she seemed weirded out, but she also seemed like, all right, I'm just gonna go. And the announcers were playing it up like she was super freaked out. So I don't, I don't know what you're, I think you were supposed to think it was too much for her. Also, they have a match later. Miz and Morrison are stopped in the back and asked about their interview with Goldberg that's coming up and been advertised. And they say, no spoilers, no scoops here. Jeff Jarrett gives a prediction on the Drew McIntyre versus Bill Goldberg match. And he uses the opportunity to quote Toby Keith. He says, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. He predicts there's going to be a spear, jackhammer, and a one, two, three. Adam Pierce is in the back. He's telling Ricochet that if he beats AJ Styles tonight, that will go a long way to getting him a spot in the Royal Rumble. Of course, this means AJ Styles and almost show up. They pick on Pierce for a minute. They talk trash to Ricochet. Ricochet says AJ will need more than a giant to stop him, and he heads to the ring. AJ tells Pierce that he doesn't like him anymore, and then that also means Omus doesn't like him either. Pierce seeing, I don't know, I can't tell, I guess he seems threatened. They just stare at each other for a while. 
Next up, AJ Styles defeats Ricochet in about 12 minutes. If you're going to go out of your way to watch any match for Monday Night Raw, this is the one. Both guys were awesome. And this may have been one of the coolest finishes with the Styles Clash I've ever seen in my entire life. There's also a great spot with Omos where he catches a flying ricochet and the ref keeps yelling to him to put him down. So Omos just like drops him really hard on the floor. It's funny. I hope there's more to the story with Ricochet for his sake. Uh, maybe with him trying to get into the rumble, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Next up, there's a dirt sheet segment with Gilberg and a fake Drew McIntyre. I will not waste your time with details on this. If you ever thought Gilberg was funny, he still is. I think he's kind of funny, but anyway, maybe that'll make up for the fact that they advertised Bill Goldberg for hours and he didn't actually show up on the show at all. Also, Miz threatens to cash in the money in the bank briefcase. Again. Next up, you got the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, and Bobby Lashley. They defeat the Lucha House Party and Matt Riddle in about 12 minutes. Pretty straightforward match, but Cedric and Shelton are arguing over who should be in the ring, and they keep tagging themselves in when the other one isn't ready, and they're just getting pissed at each other. And finally, Lashley gets fed up. He tags himself in. He hits a spear on Graham Metalik, then finishes him off with the Hurt Lock for the win. After the match, Cedric and Shelton keep arguing, and when Lashley tries to separate them, Riddle Sneak attacks him with a kick to the head. I do love that Lashley continues to be booked like a big, strong badass, but this is not the Matt Riddle I wanted WWE to give me. He's so much better than they portray him, and it's just irritating. Also, the Hurt Business is one of my favorite parts of Monday Night Raw, and I really wish they weren't already teasing them breaking up. Drew McIntyre is still quarantining from COVID, so he's cutting a promo from his weight room about Miz and Morrison being clowns and how he wants the best version of Goldberg so he could prove himself. Then they actually make a formal announcement that one week before the Royal Rumble, Drew will be back and so will Bill Goldberg on Monday Night Raw next week. And your main event, Alexa Bliss defeats Asuka in, you guessed it, about 12 minutes. Asuka comes in like normal. She's looking for a fight. Alexa's skipping around, as she's apt to do lately. Bliss actually gets a bit of offense, close pins, before Asuka takes over with some punches and kicks and nice shining wizard. Bliss does seem to be mounting a comeback when the lights start going off and the fiend noises start. When the lights come back on, Alexa Bliss is standing in the middle of the ring completely changed. She has black lipstick, and black clothes, a slightly new hair and she turns to face Asuka, who looks disturbed. Alexa's got the very much the fiend look, the very dead face, you know, like no expression whatsoever. Uh, eventually, Asuka attempts to attack, but Alexa just starts dodging and blocking everything that's thrown at her. Finally, Asuka does land a kick to the gut, takes Alexa, throws her in the corner, but Alexa immediately does the fiend's famous creepy back bend thing. Uh, which stops Asuka in her tracks for a second. She looks a little freaked out. Alexa walks back toward her, but, but Asuka starts landing a few shots. Alexa seems completely unfazed and eventually hits the sister Abigail for the win. As Alexa stands up, looking in the camera, it pans back and she changes back into the previous Alexa Bliss right in front of our eyes. As the show fades out, she mouths the words, let me in as the Fiend's voice actually says them in the arena over the speakers. Is magic illegal in wrestling? 
know the Undertaker and Kane have used lightning before, but I'm not sure. This is just weird. Can you change it to different people in the middle of the ring? Did Mick Foley do that? I don't know. Anyway, that's it. That's Monday Night Raw from January 18th, 2021. Uh, if you like the Fast Counter, you want me to do something different, or you have any other ideas for me, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I am at this is Gary Horn on all the social medias, and the show, of course, is at TIPW Show on all the social medias as well. We hope you'll uh, tune into the other ones, and uh, hope this helps. Hope it keeps you up to date with uh, professional wrestling. Uh, if you like them, let me know because I'm trying to still still kind of in a trial period on whether or not I keep doing these or not. So, all right. Thanks a lot, you guys, and hope you have a great day. Enjoy your gravy cake. 